coming to you live from Supreme Macaroni Company in Little Italy in New York City. It's the Ten Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and I like these calm little moments before the storm. It reminds me of Beethoven, but with me today are two men who don't like Beethoven. First, he sleeps sitting up in a chair with his sunglasses on. It's Chris. It's far from the truth, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, stay away from him. He looks like a weirdo. It's Andy. (laughs) I was going to say, Chris just doing his sunglass thing. That's just to pretend his kids are like not around. (laughs) <laughs> it's like leave me alone leave me alone I'm just just leave me be uh, we are the 10 point podcast you can find us wherever you download listen to and stream your podcasts whether it be Spotify Apple Music or anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts you can also watch us on YouTube 10 point podcast on YouTube on the social media channels we are 10 point podcast as well uh, no numbers it's all the letters we don't have an Instagram yet, so stick to Facebook and Twitter for us. Get in touch there. We want to hear from you. Give us your suggestions, reviews, and just general opinions about how each one of us is terrible and have the worst opinion in movies possible. Uh, and you can Mostly also head over to 10pointpodcast.com and read all the articles that are up there. Any new reviews this week, Andy? Nah. Nah. Right. <laughs> new reviews coming up whenever new stuff comes out or other old interesting stuff gets watched there'll be stuff there but you can also get in touch there send us emails uh, at our email address link is on the website there and also you can get our donate buttons over there as well so if you don't want to like subscribe or anything on the videos and all that you can send uh, donations directly to us on donation button on the website on to the lads then what have we been watching in the last week and I'll also say what have you been dreaming in the last week if anyone's got anything interesting from that front since Andy's <laughs> tale I want to know what Andy's been dreaming about this week the best story I heard last week so Andy <laughs> have you anything to top to the, uh, Chris's cruise ship of, of some description nah not, no dreams this time and I've only really watched one film other than playing Call of Duty uh, which is uh, Wrong Turn the, the new reboot of Wrong Turn franchise is there a new one right aye I don't know how many Wrong Turns they got up to but this this one's actually a right turn. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 not shit, um, but it's a wee bit. I don't know, fucked up. It's not what you expect. It's, well, it's not what I expected from a wrong turn film. It's definitely different from the rest of the wrong turns. So worth a watch. Well, the other ones were funny, were they? Were they kind of comedy horror? No, the they were still mm-hmm. fucked up. Right, more I fucked up. Seen them actually. Yeah, they're more fucked up gory, but this is not really that gory. It's it's a weird kind of. It's these new horror genres where it's not actually. Gory is more actually suspense on them, but I was gonna say they go for jump scares instead of actually making. No, it's not even jump scares. It's just fucked up. But I can't really, (laughs) I can't really say anything because I'll ruin the film. So it's worth a watch. Yeah, worth a watch, but not great. Uh, What were you, Chris? What you watched in the last? Uh, From horror films to the complete opposite, I watched um, Flora and Ulysses. Uh, Oh, I watched that as well. Oh, that's that's on our that's on our website for review as well. You can, you can go on our website and read that review. Oh, there we go. Um, I'm not going to say it's a bad film, but I mean, the girls liked it. What but film? I lost interest quite quickly in it. Didn't grip you. you. No, didn't no. grip you. It uh, was super squirrel, that's all it is. <laughs> still the highlight, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the film I watched, actually. Uh, it's a higher high than I've had. I literally have not watched anything except Leon this week. Uh, I've been the same as Andy. I've been. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I got. Last thing I've never watched anything. I got fucking ripped to shreds. So. Yeah, I know. You, and you've literally been off for an entire anything. week. <laughs> you said you've been watching the Thunder and Lightning and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. yeah I mean, 
I've been watching lots of sports. I've been playing a few games, and I've been watching things like One Division and The Boys and all that sort of stuff. So TV's been okay, getting my I'll attention. I've not had the attention span to sit down and watch an hour, uh, <laughs> uh, more than an hour, I should say. So that, that's kind of where I've been going in the last week. And I've not had any mental dreams either. I thought I might. I'll try and remember a dream this week, but I've not been able Can you to. Eat more cheese. Yeah, I think so. Some late night cheese, I think, will make the difference. Uh, but on to the point of the podcast today. On point number one is what is the point? The point is the 1994 action crime drama thriller Leon, or Leon the Professional, uh, since there are two different kind of I didn't realise it's it. called Leon the Professional. Oh, this yeah, is, this, Amer- literally, this is the running actor. gag of this season, where <laughs> there's actually two different cuts of this film, and there's about More 30 different versions of that, so... Yes, exactly. Yeah, you could have watched uh, a completely different film. We will get to that in due course. Uh, the film, whatever version it was, brought to us by Gaumont, uh, and I think that's the first film we've done in ages. Only had the one production studio behind it, but Gaumont Pictures or whatever the French version of Pictures is, uh, made Leon, based on the character Victor the Cleaner from Luke Luke Besson's 1990 film Nikita or La Femme Nikita, again depending on uh, where and when you saw it. Uh, obviously, Luke Besson wrote and directed uh, Leon as well. Uh, his other stuff that he uh, either wrote and directed or just wrote, the highlights are uh, Nikita, The Fifth Element, The Transporter, Taken, and Lucy. We've definitely mentioned a couple of them and, in fact, have reviewed The Fifth Element before. I had not remembered, I probably realised, but not remembered that we'd uh, done Luke Besson with... I, don't, I forgot he did Leon and The Fifth Element, but we've covered him before, so I won't go too deep into him. Uh, the film stars Jean Reno, or as Andy knows him, how do you know Rene Russo. Rene Russo, <laughs> as he often calls John Reno. Uh, uh, famous, or his uh, highlights, I should say, are various French language films throughout the, the late 80s, early 90s. He's got a massive uh, collection of films that are in French that I, I personally have not seen. I don't dive too deeply into French cinema, but uh, I don't know if he's uh, an award-winning actor in France or anything like that, but several of them. But Leon was one of his first, first big steps into international slash American cinema. So after Leon, he went on to be in uh, Mission Impossible, Godzilla, Ronin, the 2000s versions of the Pink Panthers movies, The Da Vinci Code, Flushed Away, Couples Retreat, and The Five Bloods was the last big one I could see on his uh, filmography. So he's usually the kind of French side character in, in everything, essentially, beyond Leon. He was quite prominent in Godzilla, I guess. But yeah, for the he most made Godzilla. Part, the, the French. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, starring with Jean Renault, we have Gary Oldman. Uh, highlights are JFK, Bram Stoker's Dracula, True Romance, and then he made Leon and the Fifth Element, roughly around the same sort of time. And beyond that, I've got Air Force One, Lost in Space, Harry Potter series, The Dark Knight trilogy, The Book of Eli, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Darkest Hour, and very recently, Mank. So some clear highlights, both critically and monetarily, in Gary Oldman's uh, history there. I don't know if we touched too heavily on him uh, in the Fifth Element episode, but they're, they're the kind of the major things on his history. And finally, I picked out quite quickly uh, Natalie Portman, because this was her first ever feature role. She had never had a feature film before this uh, year. Age 11 years old, she was cast. I think she was one of 2,000 people who tried to get the role of Matilda, including some other kind of young Hollywood actresses that have become stars, like Liv Tyler and Christina Ritchie also apparently were in the running, and they were two of the 2,000. And Natalie Portman went on to star in Heat not long after, and I picked up Mars Attacks because I'd forgotten she was in Mars Attacks, and I saw that she was in it. She's a little girl in Mars Attacks. <laughs> Chris is now thinking about it. 
Uh, but famously, the Star Wars prequel trilogy, Closer, Viva Vendetta, Black Swan, and she's been in Marvel's Thor movies and extensions thereof, uh, and future ones to come as well. Uh, back to Leon, though. Made on a budget of $21 million-ish, because the number I had was in French francs, and so I had to work out French francs to the dollar, but in 1994. So I think about $20 million, $21 million roughly is what the budget was. Uh, the US opening, weekend, uh, US opening weekend got $5 million back, and its final US gross was 19.5, so not quite its budget back in America. And its worldwide gross, I do not know, because it wasn't a full uh, return on all the numbers. However, with it being $1.5 million short in just America, I feel like it probably made a profit worldwide. And it was probably quite popular in France and England and other places like that too. Released 18th of November 1994, it received no award nominations at any major award ceremony whatsoever. Uh, in its history, it did win six awards, which was two for Natalie Portman, two for Luke Besson, one for the film itself and one for the sound. But it did not get recognised at anything that you could call anything major whatsoever. But we have never touched on the 1995 award season before, so I'll go through... The big ones that it didn't get mentioned at. So the 1995 Oscars, lads, give me your best picture from these five here. And this could be a banner year for the Oscars. We've had some bad oh. Oscar years, but pick your winner at the 95. Forrest Gump, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, and The Shawshank Redemption. Pick oh, a winner at those five. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I want to say Forrest Gump, but I think Shawshank will win it. Forrest Gump was your best picture at the Oscars oh, nice. that year. Uh, <laughs> quite a big one uh, but yes not barely a bad film between them I have not seen Quiz Show but I have seen all the rest and they're all pretty good NTV Movie Awards in 1995 pick me your best movie out of these Forrest Nicole, Gump Forrest, Forrest Gump again well <laughs> uh, Interview with the Vampire Pulp Fiction and Speed what was the winner out of those five are you saying Forrest Gump Andy Is that Aye. I'll you, stick to Forrest Gump as well uh, it was Pulp Fiction at that one ah wanker fell to a trap <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pulp Fiction was into and at the Razzies I've done a little bit of a feature on these because I hadn't really heard of any of them 1995 Razzies worst picture give me your winner of Colour of Night the classic erotic thriller starring Bruce Willis as a psychiatrist who witnesses one of his patients killing themselves and the sight of her bloody green dress makes him go colourblind <laughs> however I never heard of this night. film <laughs> Secondly, we have North, uh, reasonably famous, starring Elijah Wood. Also has Bruce Willis in it, uh, but Elijah Wood plays a boy that divorces himself from his parents and then goes around looking for and auditioning new parents. Next nominee, On Deadly Ground. All I need to say is it was Star, star was directed by Steven Seagal, and you can see why the Razzies picked that. Uh, the Specialist is next. Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone star in a very high, well, reasonably high-grossing but poor action film. Uh, and I never realised how similar their names were at all, so I'm written down there, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone. Um, <laughs> and then the final one, Wyatt Earp. In the, the mid-90s, Kevin Costner had a bad run, including this, a three-hour-long cowboy biopic on a Wyatt Earp. The, the Sounds amazing. To Tombstone that won the Oscar. Uh, so there are your five. We've got Costner as a cowboy, the specialist starring Stallone, so Seagal, Elijah Wood, and then the Seagal. erotic thriller where Willis goes colorblind. No, I'm going to say the specialist. That's the only one I've actually seen. Uh, you were both incorrect. It was, in fact, Color of Night. Uh, I'm very intrigued by uh, the sight of a, a bloody green dress making <laughs> someone go colorblind. Uh, but yeah, not a good year for Bruce Willis at the Razzies. 
the final thing I run through before we get into it, I have a brief synopsis. Uh, Joseph has written a synopsis for us. I don't so, trust Joseph. Leon is as follows. Leon is an Italian immigrant. I always thought he was French. But I'll, I'll so did I. He, obviously, Jean Renault is French. but yeah. Blew my mind as well. Was... I've watched this film about four times and it was only on my Blu-ray extended cut that I watched. Did I realise that? Because I always thought when he's like talks about the Italian, it's just like, hey, oh, yeah, he works for an Italian mob. That makes sense. Yeah, that's what I thought they meant. Not that, like, twice Gary Oldman mentioned specifically, he's the Italian man. It's like, no, he's not. He's French. Because he lives in Little Italy. So I was like, yeah. oh, right, maybe that's where it comes from. But no, yeah, like, I always thought he was French. I and... just thought it's because he was a moron and didn't know he couldn't tell his accent. He's quite clearly <laughs> French. Yeah. Just, like, I don't think he puts on an Italian accent, does he? He just nope. acts as himself, isn't he? Yeah. Anyway, so Leon is, in fact, an Italian immigrant who fled Italy after having committed a crime there. He now resides in New York City and is working for the mob boss, Uncle Tony. He lives with his favourite plant in a small apartment in the city next door to a girl he occasionally speaks to whose father is a drug dealer working with crooked DEA officers. One day when she's out getting groceries, the crooked agents murder her entire family in a botched drug deal and upon discovering the massacre upon her return home, she walks to the end of the hall to Leon's apartment who lets her not only his home but also into his life as well that was not a great sentence um soon enough <laughs> he's teaching matilda a young girl how to be a professional hitman in order for her to learn enough to get revenge on the crooked cops who murdered her family but when she goes in for revenge and is captured by the crooked agents leon comes and saves her and so begins the ultimate theme in the movie will leon and matilda live happily ever after now that she's opened up his heart or will the crooked cops have something to say about it i don't want to argue too much with joseph but he says at one point, near the end of the film, so begins the ultimate theme of the movie. Um, uh, it, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> to me, the whole movie is about her getting revenge, isn't it? That seems nah. to be the movie is. Anyway, we'll maybe get Chris wants to say something. Uh, I know he's going to say it. Say it, Chris. Say it. Say what? I that don't know. Point, it's coming up, Chris. You can save it till the end. I'll be, exactly. I'll save right, it to okay. where it's uh, necessary. At this point, I've now got in the notes, which version did we watch? I watched this version, the 1998-ish DVD version of just Leon. There's no professional, it just says Leon on it. So that's I watched I watch. the Blu-ray remastered extended cut. Uh, mine was called Leon the Professional. Right. From 1994, okay. I don't know. So we all have had a different version here then. <laughs> so, I think I know what bits have been cut out of my one. I think mine might have the least in it. Uh, but maybe Chris does ah, if right. you watch if you watch the American version, you might have less as well. Uh, it was my selection, and I picked it just because uh, it was kind of an, an, an era we hadn't done a lot of yet. There's only a few movies picked around the very mid-90s. Uh, I always laugh at Andy when he refers to Jean Renault as Benny Russo, so I wanted to pick a, a, a Benny Russo movie. Uh, and then I, I see all my picks were set in stone. And then when we covered uh, Ellen Green last week, I thought it was funny that, I would, that she was in well, this movie as well. Fun so. fact, I was actually going to pick Leon last week. Because I got a new car, which was a Sia Leon, and it was going to be funny. But then I real I was like, actually, you know what? Leon will not make a good podcast uh, film, so I didn't <laughs> pick it. Ah, okay, all right. So we'll see if it did. On to point two, the high points. I've talked a lot, so someone else can take the first high point. Chris, how about you lead off on high points? Well, my first point is Ellen Green's voice did not annoy me anywhere near as much as it did in Little Shop of Horrors. It was, it was normal. Good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, actually, I didn't for very long. Well, 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 he's on that subject. It's one of my high points. Bathtub death. What a death. It was a good one, yeah. And when it cuts back and she's still like bleeding through yeah. the... Like, I would say bullet hole, but I guess the, the hole just in the back of the bath was amazing. That whole scene, I wasn't... I thought like, 
he's going to come in and do his usual, get close to one and be like, you hadn't turned in. It's now when it packed, what you do? Then people went, nope. Bash the door in, bang, 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 bang. It was quite <laughs> unexpected, I thought. The best bit of all, though, is when he's like halfway through his r- rampage and he comes back into the hallway and his whole squad are all like, oh, <laughs> out of the way. Like he's just going to turn and shoot them. That was definitely the best bit of the of the whole thing, though. They weren't the best. Uh, I was going to come up later on, but they weren't exactly the best of uh, henchmen. Because like, I was. Officers like DAA officers as well. Like, yeah, well, they all policemen, like, because yeah, 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 they're undercovers. I just thought, oh, well, that makes sense. It's just all, I just thought it was goons. The, dread, the dreadlock guy was definitely. Station, it was a bit, yeah. Um, and like, just literally right after that, that little old lady that comes out was brilliant. She just yeah. did not give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, him <laughs> shooting the window right next to her, and she just kind of <laughs> looks at it and just looks back. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, I thought she was a goner. Um, I don't think he was going to shoot at her. It did surprise me. Like I, I have seen this film before, but like a long time ago, the last time, so I'd pretty much forgotten every major, you know, every every minor development that happened. I'd forgotten. Uh, but yeah, yeah I enjoy that bit. I got very um, Fifth Element and Golden Eye music vibes. That little kind of it's hard to make like, describe what the noise was, but they kept doing the same noise over and over again. It was exactly like Golden Eye. Aye, I know what you mean it's from the game. Yeah. It does have a score, like it has a like mu- it has movie music, like a film music to it. It's, it's yeah, I not... think it's the same kind, of, similar kind. Of, maybe the same guy did for film as well. I don't know. Maybe. I think yes, it, it could have done that. Like and Gary Oldman, mm. they both did it. Yeah. Bobby, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, and high points. Plant. What plant? That's I definitely. Just, it's... Why would you spray a plant and wipe it off? Cleaning it. Gets it moist. They get dust on them, it's, especially because he's out in the windowsill in it's, New York. It's, it's currently the, the best outlier for a best inanimate object this season. Oh, <laughs> believe me, he's in the running. <laughs> I just thought the plant stuff was good. It just shows you how like he's precise, he's accurate. He's just it's a metaphor fair, for the film. It was a Terminator plant. It did last quite a lot of destruction. <laughs> Even when Natalie Portman was thrown around. Yeah. <laughs> He could, he could look after it, so that meant that, that uh, Matilda was in good hands, that he'd be able to, like, he can look after this little plant, he can look after Matilda just fine. There you go. <laughs> uh, my, my first high point I had was our absolute, like, the absolute first introduction to Leon in the first place, where you, it's him getting the first kind of mission or the hit off of Tony, and you don't see him, all you see every so often is like half of a sunglass and just lower half of his voice, and then the voice of his face, and then him going taking everybody out one by one on that hit without mm. ever seeing him, and then him peeking through the bullet hole as well, that was a, a really good <laughs> shot, and then you finally see him, and then he just backs off into the darkness again, and it's like, who, this is who you're dealing with here, the absolute best of the best. Also explains later on that you, once you can master the knife, you have mastered being a hitman, but I thought the absolute first introduction to Leon, I thought, was a really I've, good I've actually got another, another good high point. Sunglasses, best in my object. I remember this was the film that made me want a pair of them sunglasses. I got a pair of them sunglasses. Looked like a bell end. It's a mistake. <laughs> Did you couple it with the little woolen hat? That only goes no, never quite that head. far. But yeah, those those glasses do not suit anybody, except from him. So Just advice: do not barely suit him though. <laughs> uh, my yeah. next high point is quite. Uh, well, it's not really a high point, but I felt like I was learning with Matilda. I think I'm ready to be an assassin now. I know 
to breathe when I'm taking a sniper shot. I know if I've got a knife, that's it. I'm the best of the best. Well, hopefully so you've like learned some. Hopefully you've learned something about Call of Duty. Is don't look down the sight until you're fucking ready because of the glint. Because you <laughs> keep getting us killed in Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking exactly the same. It, that's one of my high points is her her practice hit, as it were. I thought it was it it's a real good use of tension as well because you go in thinking she's just going to randomly just shoot somebody in the park, and I'm thinking the whole time it's like, why would she just like shoot at a pigeon or just something like that? Obviously, we kill birds off all the time on the podcast on this, but yeah, it's like <laughs> why would it have to be a person? And the whole thing's building up and building up, and obviously she shoots this guy who looks like he's important. We never actually got an explanation of who he was, did we? But the uh, this important guy, but it's just fake bullets. But I thought the whole scene was really well set up that she's going to kill someone. It's like, oh no, it's not. It's actually, I don't know, a paintball pellet or something. Like that. No way that paintball could go that far. far. Nah. Yeah, we're afraid to say the same thing at the same time. I feel Leon is a, he's such a good hitman now that he has invented this non-lethal bullet or something <laughs> like that, that can travel thousands of yards. I don't know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and any more high points? I've, I've got a couple more. If, if anyone else would, uh, it's not really. Well, yeah, a couple. I've got like the big standoff with everyone. <laughs> I thought it was like. Is, is that because there was a twist coming? Because you love a twist. I didn't really see any twists. What? There's like four it, twists in this film. Kind of, not really. It's all kind of straight down the line. I, no, I, I think towards the end, like the, the deaths at the end are, are twisty. I guess you uh, you don't think that he's definitely going to die, and then you don't. The absolute very end with Gary Oldman is a. Bit you don't even think Gary Oldman's a de agent until he is, and then suddenly, like, oh, that's a twist. And then how he get? Oh, and then how he gets out of the apartment? That's a twist. Yeah. That's some smart, smart there. Speaking of the everyone bit, Chris, uh, my little bit of trivia note on that is that that was a uh, obviously an improvised line by Gary Oldman, since so he seems to have improvised nearly the entire film. Like <laughs> him, the whole Beethoven bit, he improvised, and apparently every take he did of that little monologue of him explaining to the the other guy why he's he shouldn't have messed with me. He did a different part, like he did a different story every single time. Sometimes it's Beethoven, sometimes it was somebody else. Some, like, but the Beethoven one's the one who got in. But the everyone. He just shouted it, just as a random take, but only the sound guy, that he, he warned him, say, take your headphones off, uh, I'm going to shout this. Every other line, he'd be like, send me everyone. And I mean everyone, but this one time he did the, the, the famous, what's now very gifable, everyone line, uh, only the sound guy, he would yell at. That's like all the part of the film I've seen before is that one scene. Yeah, cause... I think it's, it's the lasting thing. It's, it probably is the most famous thing from the film. Uh, maybe, I don't know, in my eyes, I think it is. But... Uh... Uh... Anyway, I've got one more high point, if anybody else has got any. Uh, to add on to the, the the whole raid, I thought was a high point from the beginning, where they capture Matilda, and you know she's given them the wrong code. I thought mm. it's a really good thing to... Because, again, you don't see where Leon is, and but you know that he knows that they're coming, so what is he going to do? Apparently... I, didn't, <laughs> I was going to touch you when she was walking around, <laughs> remember the code, 212. Uh, and I was like, oh... And then she started knocking away. I was like, oh, my stupid bitch. She's just giving away the code. <laughs> <laughs> the code she did give, apparently, is Morse code for the word die. So when they ah. tapped on the door, they were saying die. So therefore, Leon had the best chance to uh, to run and get himself... Well, I say run, to claim and get himself ready for them coming in <laughs> since he was above the door. Fair, he's probably hiding there as soon as she left the door, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's all prepared. A way up here. Uh, uh, my last I... one is, you know, the image of him walking down the hallway and then you kind of see it from his angle. You just see the flash and then just him going down. I thought it was quite a cool way of doing it. You yeah. kind of knew what was happening, but you weren't yeah. like 100% sure. 
Yeah, a very good death. I think yes. I've nominated it as the best death later on. So yeah, it's an absolute high point. And, that, and then the the Edge of Tomorrow reveal that the pin was actually pulled out. I was like, I've seen that before. So it's Edge of Tomorrow, which we've also done on the podcast. Tom Cruise has actually pulled the pins on the grenades. I think they stole it from Leon when he actually had pulled the pin on the grenade. In the original script, he was going to kill Leon like he did. And then when he got to Matilda, she was going to hand him the pin and she was going to have the grenades on. And then they were like, no, that's too dark. We can't do that. So they, they changed it to just actually Leon. I thought she was going to get revenge and kill him. But uh, obviously she just goes off and lives a happy life. Well, essentially the whole thing is Leon doesn't want her to be a killer, really. So yeah, I don't think he'd want to do it to her. Andy, any more high points? No. No. Nope. <laughs> Final one I mentioned is uh, Leon just at the movies. He was so happy watching uh, the movie, which wasn't Singing in the Rain. It was a different film. I'll find out the information. I thought it was Singing in the Rain because it looked like it. It's always fair weather. So there was a sequel or tied into Singing in the Rain. But yeah, very much enjoying it, which... Led me to the trivia note that John Renault admitted to playing Leon as if he was a little mentally slow. That's his his word, <laughs> not mine. Uh, which certainly shows in the movie theater scene where he's like totally buzzing about the film. Basically playing like Chris. Uh, John Renault did it. I don't know if it's worked for Chris, so that people, so the audience would relax and they wouldn't think that he was going to take advantage of the vulnerable young girl when she came into his life. So that was his reason for doing it. Yep, definitely, uh, Chris. That <laughs> sounds like Chris. Yeah. Uh, on to point three, the low points. Uh, Chris, to get you perked back up again, what are your low points for Leon? Um, uh, Matilda's family. Like, what a lovely family she's got. She's got a dad that beats the shit out of her, like a sister that threatens to smash her face in and then thumps her twice. And her mum was all right and her wee brother was all right, but what a lovely family. It was quite a confusing dynamic because the dad was married to not her mother and their oldest daughter wasn't her sister. (laughs) And then her and the brother were actual brother and sister and kids of the dad. But his current current wife or whatever has an older daughter and I, was, I, got, I got really confused when she was and he was like Mexican as well <laughs> he did seem it yes he did seem <laughs> like he was Hispanic of some nature uh, my first yeah. low point since Chris has mentioned his first one there his horrible family is um, when she goes to Leon and he's like looks after her for the first time and she goes to bed I think he asks her, or at least says to her, you should have a blanket, or asks her, do you want a blanket? So he goes and gets a folded up blanket, and just dumps it on her, and then just lands it, like, there's your blanket. And it's like, okay, he's not a parent, he's never had a child, doesn't know what he's doing, but he knows how to use a blanket, surely. Yeah, <laughs> she can learn to do it, I'll just dump it on my kids as well, there you go, I can do it yourself. And I was like, how would you monster Because <laughs> she's gone from this horrible family who hate her, and this next guy like doesn't even know what he's doing. She seemed to. I've always felt she seemed too intelligent for the family. Like the, the family seemed like horrible, and they don't care about her whatsoever. She seemed really smart, and I'm like, they don't seem like they're the sharpest tools in the box to have this really smart child. And it, she seemed well brought up, despite the fact that she's and, totally and also afforded a pair to go to that private school as well. Like, why did they yeah. do that? Yeah, okay, oh, it was drug money, but why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why bother? Yeah. Right, time to strap in, lads. It's about to get on PC. Uh-huh. Right. I was saving this, but on you go. Right, here we go. It's the point that you've all been dodging. Jailbait Natalie Portman. That's that's a low point. <laughs> no, I think my version had the most, I don't know, 
sexual content removed from it. So I would I imagine think, so, because the extended edition think, gets weird. Yeah, because there is no... <laughs> at one point, Matilda says, I think I'm falling in love with you. Aye. He doesn't like the sound of that at all. From that point, yeah, it got really weird. Oh, it gets weirder uh, in the extended funny. cut. But he was immediately like, no, they don't go to a restaurant and have a dinner in my bedroom. Yes, they go to a restaurant and she tries, tries to snog him. Yeah, that doesn't happen in my version. Uh, she does say at the hotel to the guy at the desk that Lovers. she's my lover, whatever it yeah. was. But then Leon, again, is not involved in that. Uh, and then there's one more thing I was thinking of that now escapes me. But um, the dress scene when she dress. talks about... Yeah. yeah, he brings her the dress and says, I thought you could maybe have this. And then that, kind of that's sort of the end of it. I don't think she ever tries it on in the version. No, I don't she, know if, I don't she, know she puts it on in our, yeah. our version as well. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so she I, talks about having her first time with Leon, and it's just really, I, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's bad. The version I watched, the 1998 DVD version, the English, I guess the British version of it, that's the one you want. There was none of this stuff that Andy and Chris are about to break down. Did they sleep uh, in the in same bed detail. in yours? Pardon? Did they sleep in the same bed in yours? Uh, Leon wakes up one morning, she's sitting next to him, and it's kind of when he likes the bed, so he's like stretching no. out of the bed. See, so she, she, she saves her, and then he wakes up in the morning. She basically That's forces crazy. him into bed, grabs him, puts his arm around her, yeah, it's, it's creepy. It's a, it's a right, very so low yeah, point I, in this extras. I got none of this <laughs> in the version I had, so I cannot You're lucky, because you kind of watch the film, and as you, it starts to happen, you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And then more, it gets worse, and you're like, oh... Why? Like, just stop. And he, when, yeah. like, when they're talking about the first time, he's just like, no, I shouldn't. Or I shouldn't. Something like that. And you're like, you can see you it. It's like that's because she's only 12. That's the point where he, no, she's 18 technically in this film. She says 18, Chris. It's fine. She lies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but still, yeah, that's the, that's the scene where it's like, he, you can see he's starting to think about it. The rest of them are all fairly innocent. It's like, if he is playing a slow character, you can see he can get away with it. That's the scene where it's just like, this is turning. And why is this added into the extended cut? Because it does not need it. It's, it's too bad. And like I said... The, well, it's the, supposed to be a lot worse. Like, the book oh, yeah. or something like that. Or it's supposed to be a lot worse. I mean, I mean the, the, the diner scene yeah, is bad. supposed to do it at some point. Yeah, the, the diner scene is bad when she just drinks, gets absolutely fucking smashed, and then just tries to snog him right in the middle of a restaurant. It's like, oh, no. Nope. No, no, bad. Uh, despite the fact I didn't see any of this, I still got one of my low points. Those the whole thing is still just a bit weird, and that's just the basic version. Uh, which the big question I have next to it. So I'm assuming the very end of the film is still the same, where she escapes down the hole in the wall. Right. And he's like, "I want us to be happy. I want us to this. I want us to that." In your guy's version, do you think that that is what he thought, and he was telling the truth? Or he was in fact just telling her what she wanted to hear so that she would go. Yeah. And I reckon I reckon if if he didn't get put down by Gary Oldman, who turns out to be the hero in this <laughs> shit was going down afterwards. If he got out alive, shit was going down and somebody was going to jail. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Chris. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I like your little twist at the Guy Oldman's uh, the hero. <laughs> that, that is the twist ending, isn't it? Actually, he's the hero. We're supposed yeah. to be supporting Stan this whole time. Yes, he's a DA agent. He knows. He knows <laughs> yeah. what was going down. Fuck, <laughs> uh, guy. Uh, uh, I've got one small one. It was just, do you know, like it was a high point was his death, but it's also a low point. Like he's a great assassin, and then all of a sudden he forgets. He gets sloppy and forgets to check his corners and stuff, and then bang. It was it, he was. 
he was out. He was out of the life, out of the business. He. Uh, it seems like Tony is reasonably trustworthy, so he might actually have got some of his money if he just made it out and got away. But still, I'm yeah. not 100% sure. Like, it, it is presented as, that's the light at the end of the tunnel. I'll be out if I make it outside. It's like, they kind of know what you look like. And they, <laughs> they're probably going to be quite stringent in searching the two of you down and finding you. So I'm not sure if it was... Definitively, he was going to get away with it and that was going to be over. But, uh, but yeah. I agree. Uh, my my, uh, my next low point, which I think is definitely the worst thing in the whole film, but uh, maybe you guys, what you've had might be different. When he finally gets Matilda to go down the kind of the hole in the wall, he just turns around and just goes, Rah! yeah, he does that. <laughs> it just seems like it's from a totally different film. Like it's not him at all. That is not. There was what a he's few like. bits like that where the cameras are all jiggling about, and it's just <laughs> uh, that bit there was just awful. Though. I yeah, remember that now so kind of cheesy and then <laughs> it's not like he then goes like bang 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 like goes in a straight he still has to wait for them to come into him and he still takes them off one at a time and all that uh, and then he's and, and it actually his escape plan is, is less violent than the way it could have gone after that uh what about you andy have you got any other little points or i've got a couple more up? strap yourself right. in oh, God. <laughs> right the natalie portman dress up scene that was cringy like, like which is uh, playing Marvel. yeah that was like him playing john wayne that was great but yeah. why did they have to dress her up like so sexually and shit like that? It just got weird. And it's like... Her, uh, her chaplain was good. <laughs> yeah, the chaplain was brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, that was weird. And then my ultimate low point, other than all the kind of creepy pervy stuff, if you put that to one side, the music and the soundtrack was probably the worst I've ever heard in any film in history. It was very... Any film in it was very French and did not work. And like Chris said, it sounded like... Uh, I like, know what you mean. Those bits, yeah, they were crap. But the other bits sounded like the fifth element. Ah, like, no, they're just a random, like, just like, oh, there's a camera shot. I know, let's put some shit French music into it for no fucking reason. Yeah. I know what you mean now. It's fucking meant to be Italian, Italian as well. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, no wonder I always thought he was fucking playing a fucking French assassin. Because it's all just shit French music. And French people probably don't even listen to that fucking music. <laughs> it was film music, I thought. I don't think it added or take to, took away in my opinion, It fucking yeah, took masses amounts away. It was fucking <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> uh, I quite enjoyed the Sting song at the end. It wasn't strong enough to nominate it, but I thought it was quite a catchy little tune at the end of the song. Oh, I didn't last uh, long I... enough to listen to it. All right. <laughs> he was uh, gone, passed out, slept. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, out. My last low point, uh, I've had some expert uh, ex uh, opinion on this. Uh, so when she goes and puts the plant in the the field or the the garden at the end, it would probably die, uh, which because it would need a different climate to New York in the summertime or whenever it would be. It would need to be a tropical climate. It wouldn't be wet enough and hot enough. So that plant, after the story of it needing to grow roots and all that sort of stuff, it would probably it's just fucked. wilt away and die. <laughs> so I don't know. That's a low point for me. <laughs> That's me. I'm done as well. No, I've done my last one. There we go. Not much in the way of low points. On to point four on the podcast. That's when we keep track of all the stats. And we usually get asked a question at the beginning of the stats. No. We don't get asked. <laughs> well, in fact, Chris, you did hear a shit. <laughs> well, I literally did that for fun because I knew you'd do that. I thought I heard a shit. <laughs> uh, there were 13. as the wee while coming, but in the end there were 13 shits said in the movie. Uh, none of which were Leon. I'll get more on that in a minute. But Andy, did you hear any shits during the film? Well, 
I didn't see any like physical shits in this one. However, <laughs> there were some ropey toilets in their apartments. Like, I don't know if there were like apartments or hotel rooms. I couldn't quite understand. I feel like they were just temporary apartments that they were hiring. But yeah. you think you would clean them between uses? Well, first yeah, thing, where the wet looked ropey. Yeah, but the first thing I would do is go in a hotel. You go in, you open the toilet door. Ah, that's clean. I'm okay with it. He goes in and searches everything. It's like, I can hide there, I can hide there. It's like, opens up. That toilet's fucking horrendous. That needs a clean. But no. <laughs> just to completely ignore the priority number one, a good shitter. It's base of operations, number one. <laughs> base of operations. <laughs> uh, but that's it. None, none for definite. Definitely you couldn't say... Confirmed. No, I was hoping that, like, I thought in the little montage, I was like, yes, finally, I'm going to get, like, somebody dying on a shitter. Nope. <laughs> and none, none of the family were killed either. There were, one was in the bath, but that one was. One in the bath, know. close to a shitter, but not actually on the shitter. Did it? <laughs> in the police station, she went to the bathroom to get. Um, ah, good point. Ah, yeah. I was still not caught in the shitter. That's what I mean. There was a lot of we false alarms. That last cubicle had had somebody in it, I think. So th- that th- that could be the only one, maybe, because uh, he was obviously was behind the door. That's what I was hoping uh, for. Just somebody sitting point. there and just you hear a shit noise. That would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, what yeah, a film that would have been. Uh, yeah, that was my high points as well. Uh, Oldman versus Matilda in the in the toilet. I thought that was a very good scene. Uh, but we're on stats at the moment. Uh, other swears, twenty-seven, and again, none of them were Leon. He never once swears in the film. He tells Matilda to stop cursing at one point, and uh, he, in fact, himself doesn't ever curse in the entire film. Uh, there were four explosions, all quite near the end. One of them, one explosion turned into three explosions, and then the very end, one where he, he blew up Stansfield was the last one. The internet said 34, but I counted 35 deaths in the film. There was one extra one I got somewhere, so 35 Did you kind of plant? Uh, I didn't good the plant. It didn't die in the film. Uh, it, could probably put, it would probably die in the future, uh, as an asterisk. And on that subject... And there may be a dead plant, but I could see no dead animals for the first time in a while. I don't think there were any animals killed in the making of this film or in the watching of this film. I couldn't remember any birds or cats or cows or anything like that that would normally get killed off. Nothing like that happened. Did they say the thing in this film? Did they say Leon? I said Leon, yeah, but they didn't say Leon the professional. That's because you watched the American version, your bell end. I counted Leon, because that's what mine was called, uh, 23, which could be a high. I think we've not had them saying the thing that many times in a film before. They did say the word professional once, and they said pro a few times. So there was a Leon and a professional, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I did count, because from my memory, he said Matilda a lot. Uh, there were 21 Matildas, so still two fewer than Leon in the film, but they did say Matilda quite a lot. And I counted one final thing. There were two feet in the film. Leon was standing in the shower and we saw his feet. Uh, since, ever since Andy stopped counting feet, we keep seeing feet every single time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next for stats? Who wants to offer something up? I'll go, I'll go a quick one. There were 11 glasses of milk. Yeah. He hey. milk, two of which get splattered over his face. Very good. Uh, every time she goes to buy milk, something bad happens in the film. It's, I think every single time she does a little shop, somebody breaks into somewhere and tries to kill someone. I think it's three It's like times. the oranges from The Godfather. You exactly. Yeah. To die. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I should put that in as one of the little references. So I'll, put the, I'll add Godfather to my movies and movies later on, uh, oh, if I go. forget to do it. Uh, Andy, any stats? I've got some fun fact stats. Mm-hmm. So there was a Mac-10, i.e. a submachine gun, and there was also an Uzi in this thing. Now, fun fact for you, both a Mac-10 and an Uzi will deplete their entire ammo 
in two seconds. And that guy was firing them for about eight seconds. So, <laughs> movie magic right there. Impossible. Couldn't do it. Even with an extended clip, a Mac 10 will only shoot for three seconds. You even played too much Call of Duty. I think so. Just telling you. Uh, I'm assuming that's it for stats. We'll move on to point number five. All we do is work. We need to take a break and play a game. So, Chris, what have you got for the quiz? Uh, I'm going to see our professional user and how much you remember from the film. <laughs> I was going to do Assassins. I'm going to talk through that so I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do Assassins, but actually there's not that many films that don't have the name of the Assassin in the title. So <laughs> we'll start off with uh, Andrew. Uh, what is Leon's <laughs> one cleaning rule? Technically, it's two. Don't kill women or children. It's one rule: no women and children. But I would say that's two rules. That's a two rule. Well, like you said, I've got one rule: no women and children. Nah. Anyway, correct. Doesn't matter. That's <laughs> taken from the film. Bruce, mm-hmm. what color were the pills that Stansfield takes? Uh, green and yellow, half and half. Correct. Oh, I've got uh, information on that. While you're there, while you're there, they were. Where's my information on it? Librium, a sedative and hypnotic medication for anxiety, insomnia, and withdrawal from alcohol and drugs. That's what he was taking. There you go. Uh, Andrew, what cartoon does Matilda like to watch? Transformers. Correct. She really does. She's put it on about five times. In this also, one. every time there's a TV. How? Yeah, like this was before on demand, right? How many times <laughs> yeah. has Transformers been fucking aired in America at one time? It must have been. Cause I'm thinking it's in my mind. Every it's morning, daylight when she turns it on, so it must be the same time every day. She's like, she was no all Transformers on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm assuming you're going to get this because you're a fat guy at the minute. How many times does Matilda hold a cigarette? I Maybe think, not. I think it's five. Correct. Oh <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Andrew. <laughs> I thought you might. Uh, how many times? Oh, no, that's the wrong one. We're doing the same one. What fake name does Matilda give when they check into the hotel? I know it's the student that she doesn't like. I don't know what her actual name oh, is. To push okay, Bruce? I know what it is. Uh, I don't know about their first names, but they're definitely the MacGuffins, the two of them. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was going for, the MacGuffin. Father and um, Father. So, so uh, Bruce? Uh, what did Matilda take from when she went back to her apartment? I'm looking for two things. Uh, she definitely looked like a stuffed rabbit. And well, she had a bag. Is, is the bag the answer? I don't know what she had in the bag, but she had a rabbit. No, she specifically went to something. I'll pass it over to Andrew. A blanket. No, it was money in the toy rabbit. Ah, the money. And a blanket. <laughs> uh, and a Andrew? Bag full of stuff. She took a blanket. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, what distinctive <laughs> piece of jewellery does Matilda wear? A choker with a star on it. Uh, it's not a star. Oh, yeah, is, it like, is it the moon? Is it, if, you're, if you're throwing it over, is it the moon? No. Uh, it's a, a black choker with a sun pendant. Oh, sun. Still, if you ask me what that was, it's a choker, so point, thank you very much. How, no, uh, how many times did you no, fuck me over with What piece of jewellery? It, it, it's a choker, and I tried to give you some extra. It's a fucking choker. There's nothing else about it. What do you wear on your head? It's a fucking hat. 
It's not a hat with turned up rolly bits. Shut up, you prick. <laughs> it's a choker. That's what the cho- that's what it's called. What do you call a ring? It's a fucking ring. You don't say it's a ring with a fucking three diamonds on it. It's a ring. We'll see. It's a choker. Chris, Point for me. Name three of the people Matilda and Leon dress up as. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, Marlon Monroe, and John Wayne. Correct. Andrew, which one does Leon get correct? He doesn't get any correct. He gets one correct. He gets a question right, but it's a it's a bit of a tricky one that Chris has asked you here. Yeah, you fucking prick. He doesn't get one I'll right. Pass over. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. He does. Uh, hand over to Bruce. Uh, he gets the answer, singing in the rain, correct. Well, no, I was going to say, the one, she dresses up as Gene Kelly, doesn't he? She? No. Well, she, well, I guess so. But his answer is singing in the rain. Yes. Oh, does he, does he, no, he Kelly. says Gene Kelly. No, he doesn't. Yes, he I does. He shouted, no, he I doesn't. He singing in the rain. Hi. Honestly, she sings, singing, singing, in singing, singing in the rain. She does sing singing in the rain. But he doesn't get it right. That's he after a bonus point. Nah. No points. Because Gene Kelly is who he saw at the cinema. No oh, points. Yeah, no points because he's the one who gets it right. But he says no Gene Kelly. He does. Uh, what was the secret knock? I can't uh, Bruce. Is it me? Uh, two, yeah. then one, then two. Correct. And Andrew... Fuck you. I don't give a fuck about your quiz. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You cheating little slimy weasel. Not nice when you get screwed out of points, is it, Andrew? Fuck off, you screwing little bastard. Nobody gives a shit about your quiz. So that's uh, Bruce 3 up. Mm. Oh, 3 up. My goodness. I'll fucking know. Oh, he's getting annoyed now. He's just trying to wind me up. I'll fucking know. Handle it. On the podcast. Movies within movies. I'll fucking know. This will make Andy happy because he likes movies within movies. I'll fucking know. I always look for the parodies and references and. Connections there within with other films. So, Transformers, It's Always Fair Weather, True Romance, Pulp Fiction, Bonnie and Clyde, Thelma and Louise, Dogma, The Seven Year Itch, Singing in the Rain, Scarface, Batman, The Shining, The Silence of the Lambs, Age of Tomorrow, and The Fifth Element, of course. Which reminds me that Gary Oldman gets blown up at the end of The Fifth Element as well. So, that was quite oh, a funny yeah. connection to the two of them. Uh, a few others in there are just like Dogma has the exact same uh, line uh, later on, which is don't stop saying okay, okay. Okay, it happens in Dogma, which comes after this as well, but it made me think of it. Uh, Chris, what have you got for movies within movies? Uh, as part of the TTP universe, for the first time ever, ah, someone's appeared in consecutive go. films for us. Yeah. Ellen Green was just in The Little Shop of Horrors. And Gary Oldman, like we've said more than once, makes the appearance, uh, his first appearance since The Fifth Element. Mm. Uh, going putting us in the movie. I mean, it's, it sounds a lot better now that I just flipped it around, but I would like to be Stansfield because apart from being a dirty cop, he's not actually that bad of a guy. But <laughs> now, now he's the hero of the film, according to Andrew. Uh, Andy can be Leon, so we can keep the Chris versus Andy dynamic going. I don't um, want to be a creepy pervert. Does that mean me Matilda? <laughs> uh, no, I thought about that. But no, I'll put you, Tony, you're the guy in the middle who knows everything, right, okay. knows what's going on. Uh, I had a look at that as well. Mine went that Andy was Stansfield uh, due to his uh, angry rage issues that he has. But I thought, we're on the same team here, so we should be part of his team. So I put myself as Malky, uh, the, the, the guy trying to keep him under wraps all the time. And I made Chris the, the, the white, white Rasta guy. <laughs> who, 
he apparently in the film his character they call him Blood quite a lot, and someone calls him Willie. So his name is <laughs> Willie Blood, which is funny enough on its own. But apparently his the actor is called Willie One Blood, so he actually is called Willie Blood as his name. So Chris, you're Willie Blood. Um, oh, he loves Willie Blood. I'll take that. It's better than being Leon. <laughs> yeah. Seemingly, yes. Uh, Andy, uh, what have you got for movies within movies? Right, strap yourself in because this one's a flawless one. So, Gary Oldman's actually immortal. Um, and as we all know, in uh, Blade, it's really easy to cure yourself if you're being a vampire. You just put a little in serum. So, uh, he doesn't become a vampire anymore. He then decides to go for a life of crime um, by being a sleazy DA agent, i.e. in Leon. However, mm-hmm. you think he blows up, but of course... He's immortal, so he's not, and he does a load of other shit in between, but then he finally ends up in the future fighting Bruce Willis, but never actually sees Bruce Willis. I, uh, I thought you went with um, Leon and Godzilla, but he doesn't actually die and he, get, he starts fighting Godzilla. No, because Leon, I couldn't find to make him immortal, but Gary Oldman, no. he could be immortal. So, so when you say that there, he doesn't ever come into contact with Bruce Willis in Fifth Element, no? No, so they never... not once. No, because no, obviously in this, him and Leon only have the one scene together yeah. at the very, very end as well. The, close, the closest in Fifth Element is when he lands to try and find the stuff himself and Bruce Willis walks out of shot and then Gary Oldman comes in. Right, but okay. It's, it's one of them That's films where the protagonist and the thing never meet. Yeah, and it's near enough the same in this one. It's the, the final scene. It's like it's uh, a Luke Besson thing. Yeah, it must be. As are all the actors. They're in all the same <laughs> films. So. Uh, point seven on the podcast. I still don't know what it is. Andy, why don't you enlighten us? Right, this is another random question. I've just been on my on my like head. And I thought about it quite a lot. And I, I've got my number in the head. So, mm-hmm. being a cleaner, you find out that he gets fuck all. Like, five grand a hit. That's That's... That's bullshit money. For all the work he does, yeah. Exactly. And he seems to be the best, and it's only five grand. So I thought, that's pretty cheap. However, I reckon I could do cleaning. But I've got my own price. I wouldn't do it for five grand. So I just want to know what your prices are. Well, I don't know. Like, well, I kind of thought five grand was all right, because there's a, a section where he kills, like, ten people. Yeah, but that's that's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's like high potential to get caught. But he also well, doesn't I, get You have paid. to think about inflation now. That's back in 94. <laughs> To say he goes in to get a five grand target, he doesn't get an extra five grand for every minion he kills on the way. He gets paid to do the job, which would be to kill the guy. The fact that a guy has a hundred people outside his house, that's just even more work he needs to put in for the same amount of money. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's giving the guy value for money, old Tony, anyway. Mm. And the fact that Tony's also keeping his money and not actually giving it to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gives him a grand to play with. There you go. Have, have some fun. But yeah, I just thought five grand, like, okay, like she gives him 20 to kill four people, but five grand a hit, that's too cheap. Too cheap. Whereas Chris I seems like he's, he's, up, he's okay for five grand. He's going, okay, for, he's going for the volume numbers. For one for 100 quid, you know. Money is money. Chris is undercutting me. I think in, in right. the market today. He's, let, he's, let's he's let's paint a scenario here, right? So we can get a price, right? Let's just say <laughs> you're at home. You get a phone call. You pick up the phone, and it's good old Joe Exotic, right? He's he's there. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I've got a hit. Would you kill Carol Baskins? How much? What's the price? Well, I is need he... to factor in how much flights are. I need to buy some weapons. I need to. Well, say say expenses are paid for. Learn your... to drive. <laughs> say your expenses so are paid for. Pay for but the actual cost, ah. the money number. 
What do you want? Hundred grand. You're a hundred grand. Uh, that's my base. I'm starting at hundred, I think. But I think you've got to think about this: that, like, as soon as if someone killed Carl Baskin, obviously we're going to look guilty now, uh, <laughs> discussing it on the podcast. Yeah, I was like, you just thinking that. Yeah, if someone killed her tomorrow, <laughs> then immediately it's a big thing. Like everyone's like, oh my god, someone did it. Joe Exotic's behind it and all that, and then you've got to like, I would get to Joe and he would he would uh, he would tell us tell on us. I reckon he'd definitely narc on you. Yeah. Oh, I reckon it has to be a lot more because you'd have to pretty much go underground for a considerable amount of time afterwards. So, yeah, I, 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 hundred grand minimum. I'm probably thinking a quarter of a million. I would say that's really okay. where I'm going. So, well, you're Chris both wrong because again. Carol Baskins is what I know as a woman, and you're not meant to go and do a hit on a woman. Ah, there you go. No women, no kids. Yeah. That was his rule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we now know Chris is a hundred grand, and he'll kill anybody for hundred grand. Anybody. Absolutely anybody. <laughs> Uh, 0.8 our nominations for the 10.8 podcast awards the pointy awards at the end of the season uh, who and what we want to nominate for various things Uh, I'll I'll go first Uh, so my nominees are as follows Um, so worst costume despite the fact that Gary Oldman wears the same suit for I don't know how many days in a row in this film I'm going to nominate Leon's little hat for the the worst (laughs) costume this looks so silly his little hat covering about the top quarter of his head Uh, is it worse than Gina Carano's head hat Oh, no, I think her hat is probably worse. Uh, Can't talk about her now. Disney will shut you down. (laughs) Uh, Best line, I've just gone at the top of your voice. Everyone is the best line. I think that pretty much holds true. Worst plan, pretty much how the DAA raids Leon's (laughs) house or his flat or room, whatever it was. They could they go in minion style, like henchman style, four at a time. As oh, he's killed off four. We should send in another four. Oh, he's killed off them four. We should send in another four. It's like no, you, you should think about it a bit better than that. I think. And also, if they have everyone, just send everyone. What difference does it make? Uh, I've gone for best actor because Leon doesn't do a hell of a lot. Gary Oldman is absolutely sensational. Really, is really good at playing deranged, and the fact that he seem to have improvised everything uh, to me adds a bit extra as well that he's done it all off his own back best inanimate object the plant although andy makes a good case for the sunglasses um best cop i've gone for stansfield because he gets his man in the end and he does wipe out like a lot of bad people as well despite him being a bad guy and worst cop definitely willie blood uh, in the middle of them trying to turn over this place, he just starts looking at LPs. Like, this is a great Rasta album. Uh, Leon's death was the best death. Uh, again, Chris covered that. Worst father figure, definitely Matilda's dad. He is an awful father. Uh, Natalie Portman for best actress. And best entrance have gone for Gary Oldman. Him standing with just the earphones in, facing away, and then turning around with just this mental look on his face. So my nominations are there. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm going best entrance, uh, Leon, when he's uh, doing his assassinations. At the start, that's fair. Uh, my best actor award is Natalie Portman. Uh, she plays a creepy jailbait kid really well. <laughs> uh, but without the ex- if you take all the extended cut stuff out, she's even better. So yeah. fuck that stuff off. She's actually amazing in it. Uh, yeah. Best inanimate object, I'm going to give to the glasses. Uh, they're oh, amazing. Okay. The glasses are getting it because nobody can pull them glasses off. Uh, not even Natalie Portman when she tries to copy them as well. <laughs> Uh, worst plan kidnapping Natalie Portman and asking her for the secret knock and then believing that's the secret knock without any question in that stupid idiots yeah. <laughs> um, and what else have I got best exit out of an extractor fan down down 
like throw your plant <laughs> out first. Him full on attacking Aye. the wall with the axe is, is great. As but well, yeah, yeah, plant first, then then your little like Nally Portman. Priorities. <laughs> yeah. Priorities. Plant was the priority. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were you, Chris? Nomination. Uh, well, a lot of men the same. I agree with Andrew with best actress actress Natalie Portman. Uh, I've gone supporting actor for Gary Oldman because he wasn't with the main yeah, people. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I've gone for worst cops the entire police force because two hundred <laughs> of them couldn't take out one man and a twelve year old girl. So uh, I agree with Bruce with worst dad. And my, I've gone for best plan. Matilda's plan of you know walking past her house when they're killing her family and going to Leon's because I would have turned around and went, holy shit, you killed my family and got myself killed. Yeah. So I'm still not sure. She was smart enough to walk past. I'm still not exactly sure why they like why they would definitely kill her and why they would because want they, her. They've seen her. enough films where she'll grow up, become older, and seek vengeance on them. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, they, they avoided. They, they didn't avoid that, unfortunately, did they? No, but that's why they wanted to do that. Oh, I've also got a bonus category to add in because I just completely forgot about one, um, uh-huh. which I've now just completely forgot about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll come back. It was there. It was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, it's gone. <laughs> False. Uh, uh, next week. You you continue to think about it, and I'll move on to asking Chris what his point nine. What was your moral of the story, Chris? Well, Andy, uh, drink your milk because it'll make you'll you'll become an awesome assassin. Yeah, so I've actually got his moral story: never buy milk because I said every time she goes to buy milk, <laughs> a raid or a murder or something happens in the background. So I had that as, as my one of my morals of the story. Uh, Andy, why don't you give us your one? Bitches be crazy <laughs> again. again. <laughs> Every second episode. (laughs) (laughs) In what sense? Is it just because she's in love with him? Absolutely batshit crazy. She wants to kill a bunch of people. She's absolutely in love with a hitman. Oh, and while I remember, I've just got my highlight, um, another nomination. Best twist. I mean, this is the best twist we've ever had in a movie. That Leon isn't actually French, he's Italian. Yeah, <laughs> the French actor playing a French guy is actually an Italian guy. Yeah, uh, I've I've done my haiku moral of the story. It wasn't just the milk one. So uh, Leon, uh, a haiku: the story of what happens when you are nice to a complete stranger. That's uh, my moral. Because like, if Leon would not have died had he not let uh, Matilda in his front door, if he had just let her. Carry on about her life. Exactly. Involved, but yeah. Bitches be crazy. Never be nice. Never <laughs> be nice to crazy children. Yeah. Uh, on to the final point. The tenth point on the ten point podcast is our ten point rating. Uh, I was the one that selected, so I get to go first. Um, my rating is heavily, heavily uh, helped by the fact that I watched the least pervy version by all accounts. Uh, nothing gets too crazy. I deducted it a point because of the weirdness. But I think absolutely everything else about this film is phenomenal. Uh, I think everything's great. Everybody plays it really well. It's a great story. The tension builds when it's supposed to. There are funny and light bits. But the weirdness is still a little bit too weird. So I have gone as high as a 9 for Leon because I very much enjoyed this film. Andy, I have got you next because you were going to pick this. So I picked you as the second vote. Uh, So I quite like this film. uh, And I thought I'd give the Blu-ray extended cut a thing. That was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's definitely deducted about three points for me because uh, right, okay. it is is grim uh, and 
I, I don't understand why a director or whoever did the extra went, I'm going to add that stuff in. It's like, no, mistakes were made. Yeah. Uh, but the, the rest of the film's good. It's probably my, one of my favourite all-time drama films where not much actually happens and it's on a budget. Uh, but because I watched the extended version, it's only got a five. Five from Andy. And Chris, I believe on your first watch through, how did you find Leon? Uh, like, like I've never seen before, and I actually enjoyed it, apart from it gets really weird at bits, and you're kind of a bit like, creeped out. But like like you said, all the acting's good, uh, the actual story's alright, uh, but I'd say it's a good film. I'll give it a seven. A seven for Chris. This is going to be some complicated maths for me here, so any final thoughts, lads, while I do some sums? Aye. Rainy uh, Russo's amazing in it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, he's got one of those voices that kind of annoys me. I don't know if it's whether it's because it's French or it's just gravelly. Ah, it's the same in Godzilla. I, I, I actually love this guy. He's brilliant in everything he's in. <laughs> but this film is like I don't know. If I'd seen him in this film first, I'd probably have issues with him. <laughs> Being a little Godzilla is. was your first thing. Was Godzilla was the first thing I seen him. Yeah, I first saw him in Godzilla. And it's also because in that film. He's kind of one of the main characters, but to me, he was a brand new person. It's, yeah. oh, it's the French guy, but it turns out he's really important, which I thought was good. Mm. Final score, I did my maths. Uh, we averaged, so therefore the official 10-point rating, 10-point podcast rating for Leon is a 7. A very high 7, continuing our run of pretty well-performing films this season. We have had, uh, uh, That's all, about to change. All uh, is about to change. Pretty <laughs> high so far. Uh, I better just throw over to Chris then because it's the wild card week. We have no idea what Chris is going to come out. So Chris, what have you got for us this week? I've had like six different films run through my head this week. Like I keep seeing stuff on TV going, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. I'll pick that. But I've gone completely left field and quite possibly it has one of the most grossest scenes I've ever seen. Uh, my pick is The Brothers Grimsby. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Aye. It's got uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, Mark, Mark Strong. Strong. Mark Strong, right, okay. Uh, a podcast favourite. Uh, his hair yep. derailed an entire episode of one stage. Did? Oh, yeah, I forgot he's been in something else. There you go. He's doing my job yeah. the next week. He was in Rock and Roller, Chris. Yeah, I remember now. Well, I've Have you ever seen this before? I've never seen this. Ah, uh, uh, yes, you're in for a treat. It's just called Grimsby, what I've got here. It's, it's, it's called Grimsby, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is called uh, yeah Chris likes awesome to watch all the American versions of everything, but yeah, it's called yeah. Grimsby. Sure, based on Netflix, I suppose Grimsby as well. Based on I a place in England. It. Yeah, it is Grimsby. Grimsby. Once uh, again, okay. going on a trend of this film is called multiple things depending on where you watch it from. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great for <laughs> international podcast listeners. We need to go triple A blockbuster soon, I think, so we can all watch the same film so that we know what we're getting. <laughs> I think there is an extended cut of this as well. Oh, no doubt it'll be an uncut, unrated, I would imagine, yeah. Oh, I'm almost certain of this. And you're in for a cheat if you've never seen this before, oh, Bruce. God. I've definitely never seen it before. I can kind of see what I'm expecting, but I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully everyone who's watching uh, either is excited about it. As They're well. not. They've already turned uh, off. You'll have, <laughs> you have, you have seven days to watch The Brothers Grimsby. Uh, and we'll come back to us find us on youtube again next week and wherever you get your podcast you can like and subscribe on our video if you want and on our podcast feed we want to hear from you too so seven days watch grimsby and we'll come back to you next week on the 10 point podcast